Hey friends, what up? Welcome back to Babylon Talmud. Today we're studying Daf Lamed, Daf 30 of Mesech the Sukkah. Uh, Daf Lamed is awesome. Um, it's the first Daf of the third parak of Mesech the Sukkah, 3 out of 5. Um, Lulav that's the new parak, and that's really the topic of today's Daf, is talking about a stolen Lulav. Can you use a stolen Lulav? Um, yeah, that's really, yeah, some interesting sugyas. Let's just maybe jump in. And, um, but yeah, that's really the subject of today's daf is the concept of using a stolen lulav on sukkah. And it's really quite interesting. So on sukkahs, and it's quite interesting. So let's get started. We're going to get started on Chavtesim with Beis at the beginning of the new parak. Lulav Agazul by Yavish Pasul. Ooh, the famous parak of Lulav Agazul. In this parak, we're going to talk about the halachis of the Dalad Minim. Of the lulav, the adasim, the ravos, the esrig, that happens in this in this parak, which is very gishma. So we start by saying that a stolen lulav or a dried out lulav, possible. Can't use it. If the lulav comes from a palm tree that was worshipped for avodah or a palm tree that was inside of an iranidachas, who can tell me what an iranidachas is? It's a uh, city that the majority of the of the cities were. Um, the, the, the majority of the inhabitants were worshipping of Zara, so you have to uh, kill all the people by the sword and uh, burn everything in there. So if it belongs to Nirani Dachas, so if it was a palm tree of Nirani Dachas, you can't use its lulav for a, you know, its palm shoot thingies that for a lulav. Uh, the Gemara in Sanhedrin, the Maisa says that there never was an Nirani Dachas, but then the Gemara there, I think, also says that there was an Nirani Dachas. So, go figure. Um, Niktam Rosho, if the, uh, top of the lulav is clipped off. Nifritu Olav, if the leaves of the lulav, um, were, kind of fell off. Possible. Nifritu Olav, kosher. But if the leaves, you know, I don't know how to say it. The leaves, the, you know, like the lulav has like all like those, not really leaves, but like layers. So if they're kind of like, um, spread out, meaning they didn't fall off, they're still attached, but they're kind of open, spread out. Kosher. Rabbi Yehuda says, but if they're spread out, you should at least tie them so that they're kind of flush. Okay. Uh, lulavs from Iron Mountain. Sounds very fun. Kosher. Okay. What's interesting about these Iron Mountain lulavs is that they, apparently their leaves are like kind of short. They like don't quite layer on top of one another. But that's that seems to be acceptable nonetheless. Lulav sheeshbo shlosher tefachim kedei lenaneibo kosher. A lulav that has three tefachim in order to shake it is kosher. The Gemara is going to explain that it's really three tefachim and enough to shake it, meaning four tefachim, um, essentially. So meaning lulav has to have a essentially it's going to be four tefachim of uh, height so that you can shake it. All right. Frek the Gemara kaposik v'tani. So the Gemara says, look, the Mishnah says, A lulav that is stolen, a lulav that is dried out, possible. No differentiation is made, no distinction is made. Are we talking about the first day of Sukkot? Are we talking about days two through seven? What, what, what are we talking about over here? Seems to me there seems to be no distinction. If it's stolen or dried out, it's possible. Bishlama Yavish, Hadabin Veleko. 
The Gemara says, I understand a dried out Luluf. You can't use it at all. Because if it's dried out, it's not hotter. It's not uh, beautiful. And um, the Pasuk says, This is my God and I will glorify him. And we learn, we've seen a few times, I think, that when we do mitzvahs, we should do them in a beautiful way. So therefore, I understand. You need the lulav to be beautiful. And if it's dried out, it's not beautiful. You can't use it uh, at all on sukkahs if it's dried out. Days one through seven at all. But listen to this, friends. And it's going to be explained a little bit better when it comes to gazel. Oh, this is so geschmack, friends. If you notice in the Pasuk, what does the Pasuk say? The Pasuk only says that you'll take a lulav on the first day. Meaning Sukkot is a seven-day festival. You sit in the Sukkah for seven days, you eat in the Sukkah, you sleep in the Sukkah. And then on the first day, there's this lulav thing. On the first day, there's a special mitzvah that on the first day you take a lulav, adas, maravos, uh, esrig, you hold them together, you shake them. That's it. That on the first day of the seven-day festival, you take a lulav. And therefore it says, it has to belong to you, and it can't be stolen. Now, on days two through seven, we say, as we're going to learn, we also take the lulav on days two through seven as well. That's midrabanon. So therefore the Gemara wants to say, look, the first, the mitzvah of lulav is really on the first day of Sukkot. It says, Lukachtam lochem On days two through seven, we only take the lulav midrabanon. So now I understand why hodr, that if I have to do a mitzvah, whether it's midorais or whether it's midorabanon, we still want it to be beautiful, and therefore Yavesh is going to be possible for, for all seven days. Because whether it's midorais or whether it's midorabanon, we have to do this mitzvah in a beautiful way. And therefore, a lulav that's dried out is going to be possible. But in terms of a stolen lulav, why should, you know, okay, fine. So I understand the first day. It says, It has to be yours. It can't be stolen. But on days two through seven, where it doesn't say, we only do the mitzvah midrabanon anyways, meaning we're only doing the mitzvah not because it says lochem but because it's midrabanon. The rabbi said that we want you to do it days two to seven, seven zechel mikdash. So why should I? Why should I assume that I can't use a stolen lulav? So Ooh, you hear that? So Yochan says in the name of Shim ben Yochai, you know why in days two through seven you can't use a stolen lulav, even though it doesn't say lachem, right? Lokachtem lachem bayomarishon is bayomarishon on the first day, so it doesn't say lachem on days two through seven. You know why you can't use a stolen lulav on days two through seven? Because that would be a mitzvah that came about through an avera. Wow. That on days two through seven, you'll be doing a mitzvah only on account of the fact that you did an Avera in order to do it. You stole this lulav. You violated the Avera of, of stealing. Los Sigzols, one of the Ten Commandments. So, uh, Los Signov. Oh, which is, which is Taka, uh, kidnapping. Wait, so is Los Sigzol one of the things? 
maybe not. Uncle Pony, don't steal anyways. So, 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 so you stole. And you, all, you can only do this mitzvah because you stole. So that's a problem. It's a mitzvah Baba Vera. And in general, when it comes to mitzvahs, we, we, mitzvah Baba Vera is a problem. If you have to, you know, uh, doing a Vera in order to do a mitzvah, that's no good. And therefore, if you're stealing this lulav, you can't use it for a mitzvah. And that's a global thing by mitzvahs. Wow. Shinemar, as the Pasuk says, Vavesim gozul vesapisech vesachole. That the Pasuk says, Malachi. I have like a quasi-cousin, not really a cousin, but a quasi-cousin who, his name is Malachi, lives in Eretz Yisrael. And um, so, so it says in Malachi that um, it, the Ebeshter says to the people, he says, look, if you were to bring um, for me a, a stolen offering or a lame offering or a sick offering, says the Pasuk, you think I would, I would like that? No way. Right? So God's saying, I don't want your stolen offerings. I don't want your lame offerings. I don't want your sick offerings. So we see that Gozul says the Gemara, that we, that in that Pasuk we're juxtaposing stolen and lame offerings. Just like, um, a, a, a lame animal, an animal that has a mum, you're never going to be able to offer it. As a, it has a proper mum, it has a blemish. It's never going to get healed. It's like a real permanent blemish. It's never, just like that permanent blemish is never going to get healed and therefore you're never going to be able to offer that animal as a korban. So the same thing applies to uh, an animal that is stolen. If the animal is stolen, it will never be acceptable as a korban loshna. It doesn't matter if the original owner gave up hope of ever getting it back, that there's a, you know, that potentially if, if somebody steals something and then the original owner gave up hope, what's called yeush, the original owner gave up hope of ever getting it back, it's possible that maybe it would belong to the, to the person who would be Kona it now. But it was, we say it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if the original owner gave up hope or not. You cannot use this animal um, that was stolen. You cannot offer it as a korban. Right? Doesn't matter if um, the owner has not yet given up hope, in which case he still owns it, or even after he gave up hope, which therefore maybe the thief now owns the animal. You cannot offer it ever as a korban. So the Gemara says, I understand why you should be unable to offer this korban prior to Yeyush. Prior to the original owner giving up hope, because prior to the owner, original owner giving up hope, so it still belongs to the original owner. So I understand why the thief would be unable to offer a stolen korban pre yeush because it doesn't belong to him. And the Pazik says, you have to offer it from yourselves. You have to own it. And before yeush you don't own it. So I understand why you should be, you would be unable to offer a stolen animal pre-Yeyush. But once the original owner gives up hope of ever getting back this animal, right? Meaning Ruvain steals an animal from Shimon and Shimon says, it's gone. I'm never getting it back. So at that point, it was what's called Yeyush and potentially now belongs to Ruvain. 
So why should Ruvay not be allowed to offer this korban? Because it's a mitzvah that came about through an avera. Even though Ruvain technically owns the animal now because Shimon gave a pope, but still, he only owns it because, it's only his because he first stole it and then Shimon gave a pope, but it only came about through theft. And therefore, we don't want to do any mitzvahs that come about through theft. So there you see that any mitzvah that comes about through theft is not acceptable. And therefore, um, stealing a lulav, you, you, you would be unable to use that lulav um, on all seven days. On the first day, it says, has to be yours on the first day. And days two through seven, it would be a mitzvah of Avera. Wow. From Rabbi Yochanan, Shem ben Yochai, it says Rabbi Yochanan in the name of Shem ben Yochai. What does the pasuk mean that I am God who loves justice, Sonigazabola, and who hates theft in korbanis? Right? God says, look, any animal that was stolen, I'm not interested in it, even though all the animals belong to me. At the end of the day, you know, it's you know, it's all mine, anyways. Doesn't matter if it's Ruvain's or Shimon's, it's all mine anyways. Still, says God, I'm not interested in any stolen animals. It's a parable to a king, that he was passing by um, a toll booth. So he instructed to his servants, he says, okay, servants, pay the toll collector. They said to him, why? You're basically just paying yourself. All of the Tolls just go to you anyways. Why are you paying the toll? Just go right through. And he says to them, Because I'm going to set the example. Because even though, yes, all the tolls go to me anyways, but I want that people should see that I also pay the toll. And then they will follow my example and pay the toll as well. The Abishra also says, look, I am God. I hate theft when it comes to offerings. That my children should learn from me and they won't steal, right? So, so God says, look, even though, yes, technically all the animals belong to me and whether it belongs to Reuven, whether it belongs to Shimon, then the day it belongs to me anyways. But still, I have no interest in accepting any Corbin that comes about through theft. And therefore, I want to set the example and make it clear that theft is not acceptable and that the Yidden shouldn't be stealing. Okay. It Marnami was also stated, Amr Ba'ami says, Ba'ami Yavish Pasul, Ein Hadar, that a lulav that is dried out is not okay because it is, right? A lulav that's dried out is possible because it is not Hadar. It's not beautiful. Gazel Pasul, Mishum Da'avid, the Mitzvah Babavera, and a stolen lulav is possible on account of Mitzvah And this argues on Rabbi Yitzchak, to Rabbi Yitzchak, by Nachmani, Amr Shmuel, Loshan Tavrishin. That this argues on Rabbi Yitzchak, because Rabbi Yitzchak, by Nachmani, says the name of Shmuel, that when we say that a stolen lulav is possible, that's only on the first day. Because the first day it says, Lekachtem Lochem. By Yom Rishon, that has to be yours on the first day. But days two through seven, then Yotze Begazu. And Yom Tov Sheni, Kiidu on days two through seven, you can use a borrowed lulav. And guess what? While we might not encourage it, 
you can also use a stolen lulav, right? So we just said until now that on, that, that on days two through seven you cannot use a stolen lulav because of mitzvah baba veris is a yitzchok. Actually, on days two through seven you can use a stolen lulav, just like you can use a borrowed lulav. You could technically also use a lulav that you stole. Master of Nachum by Yitzchak. Nachum by Yitzchak says, wait a second. How could it be that you can use a stolen lulav on days two through seven? Lulav agosav ayovish posel. Our Mishnah says that a lulav that is dried out or stolen is posel. Hashal kosher, implying that a borrowed lulav, however, is kosher, right? We're saying that a stolen or dried out lulav is posel. What about a, a, a borrowed lulav? I don't know. It sounds like it's kosher. Amos. Now, when would a borrowed lulav be kosher? Clearly, we're not talking about the first day of Sukkot because on the first day of Sukkot it says, it has to be yours. It can't be borrowed on the first day. It's not his. Rather, if we're saying that a Shaul, that a borrowed Lulav is kosher, we must be talking about days two, two, seven, uh, days two through seven. And we're saying that Gazul, Lulav Gazul, Yavish Posul. So wouldn't that be clear that on days two to seven, a stolen lulav is posel? How could Yitzchak say that a stolen lulav is kosher? Amarava says Rava the Olam Yom Tevrishin says Rava no really no the the Mishnah is talking about the first day of Yom Tev. And it, 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 the Mishnah is not saying that a borrowed lulav is kosher. No, it's talking about the first day of Yom Tev. We're saying that a Stolen lulav is possible. And guess what? A borrowed lulav would also be possible. It's a lomi baya. It's not, certainly not this, but even that. Lomi baya shaldu Obviously, a borrowed lulav would be unacceptable on the first day of Sukkot because it's not his. Aval gazel, but a stolen lulav, emestam gzele yeush bailemu chudide dami. But a stolen lulav, I might be, think to say, oh, but if it's stolen, so then maybe the original owner gave up hope after all, you know, he sees a guy is willing to just come up to him and steal his lulav. He immediately gives up hope. This, this bandit is never gonna, never gonna give it back. I don't have any hope of getting it back. And therefore, since I might think this Yehush Bailim, maybe now this uh, thief belongs to him and you should be able to use it. Kamash no, you can't use a stolen lulav. And Rav says, look, you can argue that it is talking about the first day of Yom Tiv, but days two to seven, maybe uh, lulav, maybe a stolen lulav would be acceptable, like Rabbi Yitzchak is saying, that just like you can use a borrowed lulav, you can also use a stolen lulav. He says to these avankre, who are these avankre? The avankre were like hodos, um, Retailers, Jewish hadas retailers, they would sell the hadasim to the people. Now, the retailers, of course, would purchase the hadasim from wholesalers. Now, the wholesalers were not Jewish, and apparently they had a reputation of stealing the land that they would be selling the hadasim from. And sometimes the land would be stolen from Jews, which means that it becomes a little bit iffy if you have the Jewish retailers buying the Adasim from the Gentile wholesalers who may have stolen the Hadas fields from Jewish people. You know, what about 
you know, if that's the case, then maybe the Jewish retailers are stealing technically the Adasim from the original Jewish owners. Let's see. So Amlu Ravuna Lano Avankre. So Ravuna says to these Jewish Hodos retailers, Kizavnisu Asame Akum, when you purchase your Hadasim from the Gentile wholesalers, those Sigzizu Atun, so don't be the one to remove the Hadas from the tree. Ella, the Gzazua Inu, Rather, says Avuna, let the Gentile wholesaler cut the Hadasim from the tree and they will give it to you. And so, my time, how come? Because, because a regular, um, apparently, at least at that time, the, uh, a, a Gentile would they, uh, they steal land, or at least they were suspected of that. And therefore, we have to be concerned that maybe the wholesaler stole the land from a yid. And says the Gemara, you can't steal land, technically, right? We spoke about earlier about maybe if you steal something, if the fellow gives up hope, it becomes yours. That's not the case when it comes to land. Land cannot be stolen. Even if you steal land from somebody else, it doesn't belong to you. It still belongs to the original owner. And therefore, when these wholesalers stole the land from a Yid, even if the Yid gave up hope of ever getting it back, it still belongs to him. Hilchach, therefore, let the wholesaler remove the hadas from the tree. So that the yeyush, the giving up hope, will be in their hands, right? Because once already you separate the hadas from the ground, it's no longer karka, it's no longer land, it's no longer part of the ground. And now it's metatlin, it's a movable object. Which means that once they remove the hadas from the, from, from the bush, so then at that point, the fact that the original owner gave up hope of ever getting this field back that kicks in. So now the wholesaler has this hados in his hand. The original owner gave up hope of ever getting it back. And then when the wholesaler transfers it to you and gives it to you, we now have yeyush, which took place in the hands of the wholesaler, plus a transfer of the hadasim to you, the retailer. So yeyush plus shini arishus will make it yours, right? So even though it's coming from a land that technically still belongs to the original Yid, but once the wholesaler removes the Adasim from the ground, the Yeyush kicks in in his hands. He then gives it to you, which is what's called the Shinui Rishus. He's transferring um, um, uh, ownership, I guess. So Yeyush plus Shinui Rishus makes it yours. And like this, you can now sell it to your customers. So if so, if ki gazdu avankre lavu yeyush baile biadayu mishine rishus biyodon. Correct the but why do I need the wholesaler to cut the hados from the tree? Why don't the retailers, the Jewish retailers, they'll cut the hados from the tree, and the ye the yeyush will kick in in their hands, but then they're going to sell it ultimately to 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 the consumer. 
And then when the retailer sells the others to the consumer, so you'll have the yeyush, which happened in the hands of the retailer, and the shinoi arishus in the hands of the consumer. So you still have the yeyush plus the shinoi arishus, and it'll belong to the consumer. It's no problem of stolen adasin. Why do I need the wholesaler to clip the hadas from the tree? But the retailer himself is going to need Hadassim for Sukkis, for his Oshina. Oshina is the Lula of the Hadassim and the Aravis, the, the, that bundle together. So the, the, the Avankri, the retailer is also going to need Hadassim for his Oshina. And therefore, um, that, so what Rufuna is saying is that, right, uh, the Avankri, the retailer, so the wholesaler should remove, should clip the hadas, the hadas from the tree, from the bush, give it to the retailer, the retailer, and now there was Yehush plus Shinyarushus, it belongs to the retailer, and the Avankri, the retailer can use the hadas for his own Hoshina. Wow, so, or Bob Metzia. I don't know, what is this? I can't remember. Akoponim. So, 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 probably a combination of the two. No. But, Fekta Gemara, that even if the retailer clips the others from the bush himself, and in his possession, it becomes the, she, the uh, Yayush. But then when he puts it in the, bundles it together, with the lulav and the aravis, and he ties it together and bundles it together, so that's a shinoi maise. You're now making it into something new. And by making it into something new, you should be kone the hadas. So even if the retailer himself clips it from the tree, so it's yeyush, plus a shinoi maise, you're making a change to the hadas, and that it's now part of this oshina. So shouldn't that work to make it his? And it won't be... Stolen anymore? Kosovo lulav ain't sarach eget. Which says, yeah, but we hold that lulav, you don't need to bind it together. The hadasim and the ravas and the lulav, you don't, you don't have to tie them all together. And therefore, since you don't have to tie them all together, there is no shinu maise. And even if you're going to say that you do need to bind together the lulav and the hadasim and the ravas, nonetheless, shinu yachosel v'yosohu. Still, it's a change. It's not a real change. It's a change that you can easily just undo and revert. And a, 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 a change that is easily revertible is not a real change. Meaning if you just undo the, 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 the knot that you tied, it all just goes back and reverts to its original state. So it's not a real shinu maise, and it's not going to be enough to be kone dohodos. Yeah, but what about the shinu hashem? You're changing the name of it. To make our avale asa vashto shaina. That originally was just a hodos. But now, you know, when it's part of this uh, bundle, it's now a hoshaina. Make, so, make our asa hoshaina karule. To which the Gemara answer is, nah, we always call hadasim hoshaina. And therefore, it, there's no real change in the name. And therefore, Rafuna recommends that for the retailers, the wholesaler should cut the hados from the tree and give it to the retailer and that way at least for his own lulav he'll have the yeyush by the wholesaler and then the shinio rishos when transferred to the retailer and then um, he'll be able to use that hados 
for his uh, Hoshina, and he doesn't have to worry about stolen Adasim. Chever, that was the Lamed of Mesech Tosukah. Pretty Gishmak, right? Yeah, pretty Gishmak. Anyways, so we started the third parak of Mesech Tosukah. We discussed Lulav Gozul Vayovesh Posel, that a stolen or dried out Lulav is Posel. So we say, look, first of all, we make a distinction between day one and the rest of the days of Sukkot. That really, if we look at the Pasuk, it says, Lekachtem Lechem Bayoma Rishon, Priyetzadar, etc. That um, you really need, the, the, the mitzvah of Lulav is really just the first day. Days two through seven, we do Lulav Midra Bono. Now, we say when it comes to be a, a Lulav that's dried out, it's not beautiful. And all mitzvahs, regardless, regardless of if it's Midra or Midra Bono, we want to do the mitzvahs in a beautiful way. Therefore, if it's dried out, it's no good all seven days. However, Frekti Gemar, when it comes to a stolen lulav, technically speaking, has to be yours on the first day. How do I know that stolen is no good the rest of the days? So it says, because it's what's called a mitzvah above avera. It's a mitzvah that comes about through a sin, through an avera. And we don't do mitzvahs above averas. And therefore, even on days two through seven, it would be considered a mitzvah above avera, which is not acceptable. And that's why you cannot use a stolen lulav. It says with Yitzchak that actually, and there's two through seven, just like you can use a borrowed lulav, you can also use a stolen lulav because lachem only applies to day one. Very, very interesting. And then, in the spirit of not using a stolen lulav, we had this interesting um, uh, um, sort of dialogue, I guess, between Rav Huna and these Hadas retailers that he wanted them to avoid using stolen Hadassim. So he recommended to them that the wholesalers who may have stolen the the Hadas land from Yidin, and therefore technically the Hadasim belong to the Yidin. So he recommended to the Jewish retailers that when they buy the Hadasim from these Gentile wholesalers, the wholesaler should remove, should clip off the Hadas from the tree. And by doing so, there'll be Yeush in their hands, and then when it gets transferred to the retailers, it'll be plus a transfer of ownership with Shini Rishus, and Yeush plus Shini Rishus will certainly make it the property of the retailers, and they will be able to use those Hadassim even for themselves, right? Technically points out the Gemara, if we're talking about the end, the, the consumers, well technically then the retailers should be able to clip it from the tree and then transfer it to the consumers when it's sold to them, and technically it would be Yeush plus Shinoi Harishus, but we're saying even for the retailers themselves to use for their own Adasim, so if the wholesaler clips it from the tree, it will be Yeush by the wholesaler, they'll transfer it to the retailer, and then there will be Shinoi Harishus, and the retailers can even use those uh, Hadasim for their own Lula, for their own Oshina. Chavit, that was the Lamed, the 30 of Mesechta Sukkah, I hope you enjoyed it, have a great day, peace out.